Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kim Boo, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Around the Writer's Table. I am one of your co-hosts, Gina Hogan-Edwards, and I wanted to welcome you to this episode on the season of winter. We've been using the framework of Melody, a Scout's book for our podcast episodes. And before we dive into that, we're going to introduce ourselves. As I said, I'm Gina, and my passion is about creating emotionally and psychologically safe spaces for women, such as women's circles, writing retreats, so that women can reclaim their voices. And I'm here with Melody and Kim Boo, and I will let Kim Boo introduce herself to you first. Good morning. Yeah, I am here. I am I am full up with tea and caffeine and ready ready to record an awesome podcast. I am a romance novelist and I am also a former project manager. I work with both writers and women solopreneurs on project managing their lives so they can find the time, the mojo and the motivation to write. And I'm always happy to be here with my co-hosts. How about you, Melody? How are you doing today? I have landed. The mothership (laughs) has landed. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. I am Melody, a scout, and I help my clients find their sense of home by restoring balance and harmony to their lives through plant spirit medicine and my book, Soul of the Seasons. So on our episode today, thank you, ladies, um, we're going to be talking about winter. As I said, we've been using Melody's book, A Soul of the Seasons, as our framework for uh, these podcasts that we've been bringing to you. And we're touching on each one of these. You know, we we cover craft and creativity and conscious living, um, sort of wrapped around this structure of the five seasons and the elements. So Melody, I'm going to let you give us an overview of what we're going to be talking about today in the season of winter. Thanks, Gina. So the season of winter in the natural world is all about a season of rest, hibernation, quiet. It's a season of death and pulling within, going within. It's a time for contemplation, concentration, conservation, regeneration, and creative gestation. Now, that sounds like a lot, doesn't it, since it's a season of quiet and hibernation? Yeah, just a little. Does it? (laughs) Well, it's the thing about this season, and that is that um, as a culture, we are pushed for productivity all the time. Work, work, work. Produce, produce, produce. But a lot happens when we rest, You know, just like uh, sleep is essential to regenerate and a lot of things go on beyond our consciousness that couldn't get done any other time. 
body regenerates, the mind regenerates and refreshes. And the same thing happens in our writing process. This is a very difficult season to sink into for a lot of people, myself included. I should be doing something. Or why is nothing happening here? Something should be happening. Make something happen. <laughs> um, have those little gremlins going on. And just as the seed lays in the ground all winter, we cannot see in the spring that a lot has gone on. And the sprout has begun to grow. A lot happens underground before we even get to see the evidence of it. And this can translate over into a writing life as well. When you talk about the um, challenge of this season, oh man, can I relate to that. You know, we are so ingrained in in the doing, doing, doing. And mm -hmm. when I have an opportunity to not do, um, my husband and I have often talked about this. It's like we go on vacation and the first three to four days are the unwinding because we can't relax. We don't know how to relax. We're out of practice. And it takes us mm. that time to, to um, get to the place where we actually can give ourselves permission to rest. I get sort of itchy and rashy and fidgety and bored. And I've learned, you know, certainly through the writing of the book, but I've also learned to incorporate this into my life more. But when I have been go, go, going, it does take time for us to unwind and settle in and just be still. How about you, Kimbo? Any problems with you? Oh, yeah, never. Uh -uh. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> Next. <laughs> nice talk. <laughs> I think for me, this particularly hits home because I am a productivity expert. Uh, my, my business is helping writers and women solopreneurs manage their time management. And so I often run up against people, and especially writers, but it hits everybody. Like, I need to write a thousand words today. I need to write... Uh, two chapters this month, I need to do this, I need to do that. And it just haunts them. So I've really had to look at my own life in that because I am also, you know, susceptible to those exactly what you're talking about, like just never shutting off, always being on, oh, I have a free hour, maybe I could do some editing or some writing. And I've really had to learn and teach my clients how to learn to schedule in that downtime. Like Gina, you're talking about going on vacation, which is a scheduled downtime, but it still takes you several days to wind down, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to allow for that. You can't just say, well, I'm just going to turn off at five o'clock on Friday when I go home from the job. We all know that there's an unwinding that has to happen. So it's been a learning curve for me, both personally as a writer and as a productivity coach to help with the idea of accounting for and working around and working with basically working with winter, working with that season where we need to rejuvenate and rest and, you know, deal with all of that that's going on down there. I think yeah. too that, you know, the scheduling of the rest is important, but in a, and in addition to that, I think that because we do pack our schedules, tend to pack our schedule so fully that when there's anything that comes up in our lives that we don't anticipate, we don't have room to deal with it because it wasn't oh, on the yeah. schedule and our schedule is too full already. You know, applying that to our writing and thinking about, you know, so 
let's say we happen to be very committed to our writing practice and we're able to write every day. What happens when there is a family emergency or just some major life event that keeps you from writing? You know, then what are your tactics for Mm -hmm. getting into that? And are you going to allow yourself that time to not be writing? I also think this harks back to an older episode where we talked about uh, the fact that writing is not always writing, right? Mm -hmm. Writing is thinking and writing is rest, which brings us back to winter. It's like, these are all elements of writing that are all critical. And the, the adage to, you know, to sleep on it is, (laughs) uh, I mean, literally it is uh, essential to keeping the creative cycle going, recharging your batteries so you have the passion to get up and do it again or do more or do further. And I literally, and Gina was really good when she was working with me uh, during the writing of my book. When I reach a particular milestone, good. Well, how are you going to go celebrate? Take some downtime. Take a mm-hmm. few weeks away from it. And that was so essential to me because Um, When I'm doing, 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 or working, or revising, 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 I become blind to my own work, and I can't see it. When I step away, I take a break from it completely, do something totally different. I come back to it with fresh eyes and a renewed mind. I see things that I wasn't seeing before. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is so essential. When I finish the finally completed first draft, completely finished and the revisions done up to that point, hadn't been edited yet. I printed off and made a hard copy of the whole thing, which was a lot because it was over 100,000 words at that point. And I put the whole thing under my mattress and literally slept on it. (laughs) That's hilarious. I love it. Yeah. Yep. I like, okay. So if there's something I need to know about this, you know, moving forward into the editing and revising part and let it come up to me through my dreams. And it was several weeks, might've been even a few months that I left it under there. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Coming back to it then was just a totally refreshed frame of mind for me to do it. And we forget how essential rest is. Mm. You talk mm-hmm. about this being a time of contemplation, concentration, regeneration. And this stage, if you will, this, this part of um, the process is when that subconscious is, is at work and it doesn't seem like anything is going on on the outside is one of the most fascinating stages to me of the entire creative process because it does look on the outside like nothing's going on. That's where we can we can get judged by people around us, you know, when we're <laughs> we're staring out the window or, you know, taking leisurely walks or, you know, whatever it is that we do when we're when we're in that sort of um, you know, uh, resting or contemplative stage. The, but the, what's going on underneath and yet looking on the outside like nothing is happening, that whole process just fascinates me. Yeah, it's, it's nothing short of a mir- miracle 
on how it can transform not only our work, but the way we look at our work. Mm-hmm. And Kimbu, you had an example of that recently. You were work, you know, doing a work in progress. And tell us about how you completely shifted the direction of your uh, oh yeah, yeah. So characters. that's uh, that's that's my series, Dragon Scroll, which kind of sort of got launched in 2017, and then I pulled it, and I really wasn't happy. I've actually written about a hundred thousand words in this series, and it's meant to be a very long story. So that's really just the opening salvo. I pulled it, and I just wasn't happy with it, and couldn't make myself work on it. And so I let it rest. I basically buried it. Like you were talking, put it under the mattress. I basically buried it, uh, you know, virtually in my head. And recently, and I wish I could remember what the inspiration was, but it was like a crack. It was like something just cracked open. And I realized that trying to make it a young adult story with a 22-year-old protagonist was not resonating with me as a writer. And so I knew it wasn't going to resonate with the readers. And I've gone back and I've aged up the protagonist to 45 years old. And now it's just flowing like water. I'm doing a lot of rewriting. I'm not doing a lot of new writing at this point because I'm going back over what I had already written to make these changes. And some of them are pretty substantial. So it's required a little bit of water. But having that time away from it, and and I just love that I'm going to use, like, put it under the mattress as our, as our catchphrase now, because that's just great. I had to put it under the mattress so that I could come back to it with that clarity that you're talking about. It needed its time underground to, to figure out what it was going to be. And I think I'm really, I'm thrilled with it now. I'm super excited. I'm going to be serializing it, um, online with a new serialization platform. And so I'll definitely be sharing that as we get closer to the release date, but, uh, I'm super excited about it. now. I love the main character now. So it's not, it's not a child writer at all. Terrific. Yeah. Melody, I know that, um, well, first of all, I would like to remind our listeners and to let the listeners who might be new to the podcast, uh, I want to let you know that when we talk about these seasons that are the structure that um, Melody has used within her book, Soul of the Seasons, um, we are not, so the external season that we're in doesn't necessarily align with whatever season we are in in our lives and so just because we happen to be in in the in the natural season the outer season of of winter that may not necessarily mean that you are on the inside in the season of winter so just wanted to remind the listener of that because sometimes there's some confusion about that and melody i know that for every season that there is number 1 uh, a core emotion and also an element. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about that uh, and what's associated with winter? Yeah, so the uh, core emotion of winter is fear. Uh, I call it our risk assessment department, and we're going to talk more about that in a minute. And <laughs> I Risk assessment department, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that uh, uh, idea better than, you know, gripping the steering wheel of life, the white knuckle ride, uh, which it can be at times. Also, the element of winter is water. And water 
is in the classic sense for winter water is the snow that blankets the earth. It's the moisture that holds life uh, in its sleeping state until spring comes and warms up. And it has a lot of helpful qualities about it. There's a fluidity about it. There's a big continuum of you can go from frozen, like ice on a lake, to, you know, steam that's uh, evaporated moisture and goes up into the clouds. So there's a lot of different aspects of winter and water and the element of fear that we're going to talk about here coming up. So fear is a continuum. And you know, it's often um, seen of as a negative or bad emotion or a state that we want to avoid at all costs. But fear serves us and it serves us well. It reminds me when something is amiss that there may be potential danger ahead. Do I need to pay attention of it? And it can uh, resonate in our bodies as simple anxiety or, you know, a chill on the back of our neck. What's going on? Something's up. Uh, right up into terror and everything else in between. Fear is something I think the average person deals with on a daily basis. It seems like there's a lot of scary things going on in our outer world. But the risk assessment department is about taking each fear that we become aware of and deciding if we're willing or able or if it's safe to take that risk. Yes, it's a risk, but can we take that risk? Do we have the tools we need? Do we have the skills and the support we need to move forward and take that risk? It's interesting to, I'm going to yeah. break in because it's interesting to me as yeah. listening to you talk that conversation the three of us have had together and independently I've had with both of you is a lot about intuition these days. And, mm. and I think there's a real link between fear and intuition in the sense that, you know, um, you can be scared of something, not even knowing why. And also the fear being something that you're just like fighting against, even if there may be a good reason for it, whether that reason is valid, you know, like past trauma or the car is heading for you on the interstate. You know, there's lots of different levels to this, but I just, I was just wanting to make that link between, because I was thinking of that, uh, how you acknowledge the fear, how you understand the fear. I think a lot of times can be very intuitive for people rather than a logical, I am scared of this thing. Does that make sense? Oh, it does make Definitely. a lot of sense. Yeah. And the intuition connection, because this is a season of um, really a level that is beyond our consciousness, it is a place of mystery. We don't really know how and why things happen during this season. And there may not even be evidence that anything is happening. So, but something we get inside about it, you know, I was writing my book, it was taken me, what, eight, nine years, and often during the process, and it was a struggle, not just to write it, because it was kicking my ass the whole time I was writing it, but also life was kicking my ass, and I would often stop me, are you sure I'd be praying to the gods? Are you sure this is what I should be doing? And I would just get that inner confirmation. Just keep going. Just keep going. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it was something beyond my understanding or explanation at the time. I can look back and see it now. I would love to hear how his in- intuition influenced your writing on either one of you or both of you. <laughs> That's a big one. So this topic of intuition, this 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 thing we call intuition has come up for me a lot lately. Um, and I am challenged with knowing the difference between my intuition and what my brain is trying to tell me. And that is especially prevalent when I am in a state of fear. So I don't know sometimes whether that fear is a sign that I should stay away from something or not do something, or if it is a fear based in self-doubt that I need to pursue because it really would be good for me, but my intuition is a little confused. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. It does because fear can overwhelm us um, and make it hard. You know, there's a reason they call it a still small voice. Uh, It doesn't shout over the top of, you know, the crazy going on in your mind. Uh, I, I do know for me when I know it's my intuition or like this direct connection to my subconscious that feels like the right thing for me to do. I get it in my body and there's no fear when I get it. Now, fear may came, come up later. <laughs> my mind goes, how the fuck is this going to get done? But, you know, when I get it, an intuitive hit, it's like I feel peace with that. I'm glad you brought up that still small voice because I think that that, that right there is another good reason why we need to allow ourselves to be in this space of winter, to be able to rest. Because when we are in the productivity doing grinding mode, we can't hear that still small voice. And so it's, it's critical, mm-hmm. especially I think for us as writers, to give ourselves that quiet, contemplative, inner time to be able to hear that still small voice. And I think too, I mean, uh, one of the things that I really value in your book, Melody, is that you do list out like ways to recognize the good and the bad or what's, what's genuine or what's coming from a place of fear or what's coming from a place of positivity. And um, on the worksheet that we be having with this episode, we're going to have a little overview of winter for our readers So in case you're not actually sitting down and taking notes, you'll still be able to uh, go over everything we've talked about. And one of those things is talking about what a balanced and imbalanced winter looks like. And I think we've decided we're going to do continue this uh, discussion on with the next podcast. And we're going to go more into uh, what do we call it? The continuum of terror. That should be exciting for everybody. <laughs> uh, but I did want to go over real quickly. Uh, Melody gave you this list of some signs of a, what a balanced winter looks like. So I'm just going to pick a couple of highlights for you. Again, these are going to be listed on our handout on our website. So if you're listening to this on a distribution platform, such as Spotify or Google Podcast, visit our website and we have links everywhere for that. But for instance, um, 
creative problem solving and critical thinking, being able to make those decisions is a good sign of balance, a balanced ambition. So you're, you've got that balance between ruthlessness and uh, healthy goals, fluidity of movement and thought, ability to offer reassurance to self and others, seeking out wisdom and meaning, not just from what you're writing, but from uh, the experiences of other people around you. The correct use of willpower, which not one of my strong points, but will you know, <laughs> uh, you know uh, in in more deeply being at peace with the death process, and death can also mean not just the death of people you love or pets or animals, but also the death of you know the ending of something, the ending of writing a book, the ending of a relationship. There's a lot of ways that that can be in, and then some self assurance you know, having confidence in the decisions that you do make. Those are all signs of what a balanced winter looks like. So with that, um, maybe a little bit of a sneak peek, Melody, into what we're going to be talking about in our next episode. Well, we're going to talk more about our in, the imbalances. Of course, every season has its imbalances, and they're really helpful in guiding us when we get off track, when we fall out of balance in this season, and they can help us move back towards, reach towards things that will uh, get us back on track. So we're going to talk about that with a a little bit of balance between uh, fire and water and the creative process. We're going to talk about that a little bit and talk more about, you know, rest and death. And the continuum of terror. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Don't worry, listeners. We will clue you in onto what they exactly we mean by the continuum of terror. It's not as drastically terrible as it sounds. <laughs> oh, you say. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. We really appreciate y'all coming to hang out with us as 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 we talk about these really intense, deep issues, again, we'll have a worksheet on our website. Um, also at our website, we have a comment box. We'd love for you to drop by there and leave us some comments. Tell us your thoughts about episodes that you've listened to or suggest topics that you would like to have us talk about in the future. Uh, so please consider that as well. Give us a thumbs up or a like or a heart whatever the heck your particular platform uses uh, to help us get some more, get us up in the algorithm so more people can see it. And we really appreciate it. I have got nothing else. I think it's time for us to move right along onto the next, I guess, maybe get some writing done, perhaps. I don't know. What do you guys think? That sounds great. You all visit us at aroundthewriterstable.com. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for joining us around the writer's table. Please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at aroundthewriterstable.com. Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at aroundthewriterstable.com. Everyone here around the writer's table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time.